Hi, and welcome back to season two of the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We are so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. We want to make our content even more accessible to all of you. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalog of stories, testimonies, and inspirational content that you and your friends can always return to. We will also be announcing gathered news, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. And as you listen, we encourage you to lean in and learn from some truly incredible women. Vanessa Jones, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Vanessa is Brianna Moreno, one of our team members' cousin, and she currently works as an administrative assistant at Stevens Early Learning Center in the D.C. public school system. She's an incredibly inspiring cancer survivor and advocate for people experiencing homelessness and serves her students today through utilizing her degree in public health. We look forward to hearing more of your story on the podcast today. Welcome, Vanessa. I'm going to let you tell so much more, but that's just a brief intro. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me today. You are a cancer survivor, so can you tell yes. us a little bit about what, you know, what, what happened, how you learned you had the diagnosis and just how that mm-hmm. came to be and what your sort of, yeah, early experience was with that. Tell us a little bit more about that, that journey. Yes. Um, so I was actually on vacation with my family in Atlantic City. Um, and I literally just woke up one morning with a mass on the side of my neck. Um, we later, you know, obviously found out Mm -hmm. that it was a tumor, but at the time, um, I, we didn't know what it was. It didn't hurt or anything like that. It was Mm -hmm. just there out of nowhere. Um, so we went to the hospital because we were like, oh, this could be like, I, maybe I was bitten by something. Like I was on the beach. Um, Mm -hmm. we stayed at a timeshare. So we're like, we didn't see any bed bugs. We were like, maybe it's that. Um, we just didn't know what it was. I think when I first went, they said like, oh, it's like the mumps or something like that. Um, and just, they recommended that I go back home and see my PCP, um, my primary care physician. Um, and for about, I want to say that that was in August. Um, and I attended Liberty university. So school was starting mm-hmm. up at the end of the month. I mm-hmm. returned back to school, um, cause they just put me on antibiotics, I was pretty much it. Um, Again, we didn't, at the time, we didn't know it was that. Um, So throughout the semester, I just started getting more sick. Um, I would get, I was tired, which usually wasn't a thing. Um, There was one point I had like pink eye in both my eyes. I had strep throat several times throughout the semester. So it was just, my immune system was getting weak, um, weaker and, um, yeah, the doctors, it was just different antibiotics. I think I was like on four different medications. Um, and I think it was around November. Um, there was one night where I just like called my parents, like crying, like, all right, I can't do this. Like you guys have to take me home. We have to go to the hospital or something. Cause mm-hmm. there's something, um, like there's something wrong. Uh, so we went, you know, to the hospital and, um, they, um, 
I was admitted and my dad was really pushing for surgery for them to just remove the mask because he's like, obviously it's that, like there's nothing else wrong with her. Um, so we, yeah, we went to the hospital and they were actually pretty reluctant. They were like, no, like, it's fine. We mm-hmm. can just, well, we have one more medicine that she can try. Yeah. Um, and my dad was like, absolutely not. Um, but at that point I was 19. So, uh, even though he was really pushing, I had to be the one. And I'm like, no, yes, please get this out of my neck. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. uh, what's happening. So mm-hmm. we ended up scheduling um, the surgery and um, they removed the mask from my neck. And I had already, so I was supposed to go to this um, conference, this passion, um, it's this yeah. Christian conference that um, was in Atlanta mm-hmm. at the time. And um, I already had my tickets booked and I was like, I'm going regardless. Um, mm-hmm. And the doctor cleared me because like we were still waiting on the results um, of, of the biopsy, which is what they do when they like remove the mask. They check to make sure mm-hmm. there are no um, like malignant cells or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually in uh, Atlanta when I found out that I was mm-hmm. sick. My doctor called me. Um, which isn't the best bedside manner, by the way. That's like not the greatest way to find out something like that. Yeah. Um, so it was just um, me and my best friend. And yeah, so the doctor told me I kind of like broke down, but I didn't want to tell my parents because I was like, okay, well, I want to tell them in person because it was a lot. Um, yeah, I was definitely hesitant though. Like when I got home, I didn't tell them for about a week because I just, like, how do you say something like that, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I waited a while because my mom ended up getting, like, mad one morning. Like, mm. I can't believe they don't have the results yet. Like, you know, we're going to call them. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, wait, actually, they do. Oh, and Yeah. So then it, it was, yeah, I definitely didn't prepare for as old as I should have. But I was like, no, she's going to call and, like, yell at these people when I already know what's happening. Mm. Um so yeah, so then um, I told my parents, then um, after that, I told my younger brothers, um, I'm the only girl and I'm the eldest of three, so I wanted to be the one to tell them. Um, so I told them as well, and then, yeah, at that point, we just went back to figure out what, you know, our course of treatment was going to be. Mm. Wow. What was that mm. like, sort of holding on to that alone and just like not having... Not having people around you, like, no, for the most part. Um, yeah, so that was, it. W- I'm a very big, like, family person. So for me, I'm, especially if you like being the eldest sibling, you kind of um, tend to be okay with kind of, like, taking, like, the brunt of things, like, regardless of what the situation is mm-hmm. going to be. So I think I just went into, like, protective mode. Um, And during that time period, my grandma, actually, she lived in, she lived with us um, in our basement and she had just finished, um, like, her, she was diagnosed with cancer as well. She had just finished Mm -hmm. uh, treatment. Um, So I was like, this is a lot. It was, it was just a Mm -hmm. lot that I was like, I don't want to put like my mom through that one because I was like, you know, it's her mother and it's her daughter. Um, and then just, yeah, we had just gone through one hurdle where it was kind of like, okay, maybe, I mean, a week isn't that much time, obviously, but I feel like, and I just didn't, I also didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to necessarily word it, which is probably why I kind of delivered it the way I did, which wasn't the Mm. most tactful way to do so, but it just kind of came out because I just didn't know what else to do. Um, it definitely was difficult, but, um, 
I'd like to think that I have, um, so I'm a Christian. Um, I like to think I have a pretty strong faith. So I just prayed a lot and listened to a lot of gospel music and just, Mm -hmm. um, I just felt, I mean, I was definitely scared, but I did feel this like odd sense of peace, which was weird at the time because I didn't understand why I wasn't going as crazy as I felt like I should have. I was like, there's something wrong with me. Like I should be freaking out way more. But I really think it was just my faith during that point that kind of just helped ground me and helped center me. Um, If it wasn't for that, then I really, like, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Wow. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about what happened next. So you have your Mm -hmm. diagnosis and then Mm -hmm. you tell your parents. And so did you go back to school or did you start treatment or kind of what happened in the interim? Yeah. So um, I didn't go back to school for that semester um, because the doctors told us that we needed to start um, radiation right away. Um, but so that was at the first place, like the place where I was diagnosed, which was, um, a GW in DC. Um, but my dad felt that, you know, we should get a second opinion. And I did too. Cause I was like, all right, we've only seen kind of one doctor. We believe the diagnosis, but we just wanted to see like what our options were. Um, so we were blessed enough to be able to go to, um, Johns Hopkins, which is a great hospital, um, in the Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. So when we went there, we actually, they discovered, um, another form of cancer that I had. So I actually ended up having two, um, a different type of Hopkins lymphoma that was a little bit more, it was like a slower acting one, but that kind needed chemos, not just radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up being a blessing because had I just gone with going had I just done the radiation like the other cancer would have gone into a different stage mm-hmm. um so yeah that so we ended up going with Hopkins um and I think it was a couple of weeks because you kind of um have to go through not classes but you kind of go through a class where they kind of prepare you for like what chemo is going to be like what your body's going to feel like um And yeah, so within a few weeks, you know, I met with my doctors, we um, had to, you know, we set up a plan and um, the way chemo works too, is you have to have a a certain number of cells in your body to be able to take the treatment um, of white blood cells. So, um, you know, I had to make sure that I, my body was strong enough to be able to receive the treatment Mm -hmm. itself. Um, So we started um, the first round, it was, it was bad but I was like okay I think this is like okay but by the time we made it to the second round of chemo I was like I want to stop I was like I don't want to do this mm-hmm. like if it's my time it's my time like I'm just not doing it anymore um wow. uh, but then I you know I prayed about it I talked to my pastor about it and then I decided to like and obviously like my family I was like you know don't be selfish um but it, it was painful um and the type of cancer that I had to like attack my white blood cells, so I couldn't really be around anyone because um, anyone or anything could have kind of like set me off or got me sick. Um, so like if I was around people, like they had to wear masks or like hand kind of like, I guess, COVID like mask and hand mm-hmm. sanitizer and all that stuff. Um, so it was just safer for me to kind of be isolated. Mm-hmm. Um which definitely I feel like messes with your head because it's like you're by yourself and you're going through this and you also feel like 
at least for me, um, like I said, I was 19 at the time. And the only other person that kind of knew what I was going through was my grandma, Mm -hmm. Um, which um, so she actually ended up after my diagnosis, her cancer came back. So um, we ended up both having to go through treatment at the same time, um, which was I like it was a lot because like I said she lived in the basement I lived upstairs but like I couldn't really see her as much mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but I mean we definitely did bond over the fact that that's like, like I said she's the only person that really understood what it is that I was going through um so I went through my radio my excuse me my chemo I finished that and once chemo finished then I had to start um my radiation treatment um and so, and that was a process in itself. Um, mm-hmm. The way they do it at Hopkins is they kind of like build like a mask so that, you know, it doesn't hit you, like to hit your body directly. It hits like okay. a point on the mask. Um, and they just kind of like, yeah, you get, I guess, zapped, I think is the best <laughs> word that I can use to describe it um, every day. So that's something that you have to do every day. The With chemo, it was once a week radiation is something that had to happen every single day um it was localized on my neck area and that was I'm pretty sure the radiation was longer than the chemo um and it's crazy because I feel like when the chemo finished I was like okay that's the worst thing ever like radiation is going to be a piece of cake and radiation started and I was like oh my god (laughs) they're Mm. both just absolutely terrible like I just need this to be over um But I mean, I was, I feel like blessed in the sense where I had just a great support system within my family. Um, Not just that, just even on like the insurance aspect of things. Like I feel like I learned a lot about like Mm -hmm. healthcare and this kind of like things that I wouldn't have realized, which is kind of what pushed me towards my major Mm -hmm. of public health. Um, Just the fact that I was in a situation where like my parents had good insurance. So I was able Mm -hmm. to be seen um, you know, by, by great doctors and get great treatment, but that's not the case for everyone. And like, Mm -hmm. I, um, what, since I, like I said, I, I was 19 at the time. So I remember one of the bills like came, um, and I didn't know it was a bill. So I just opened it because I saw my name on a letter and I was like, why does it cost this much? And that was just for like Mm -hmm. one chemo treatment. Um, so it really Mm -hmm. just kind of, I feel like, you know, not only going through that, but just open my eyes to like how expensive healthcare right. is in this country and how just like beyond blessed I was that I was in a situation where, you know, my parents could afford it. And I was able yeah. to be seen by great people. Like I had the opportunity to get a second opinion. You know, I was mm-hmm. able to have a treatment or have a plan that worked for myself. So, I mean, it was, you know, physically, you know, I definitely felt defeated, but overall just, I was happy that I was able to be in a place where I was able to get treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what pushed me because prior, when I was in school, I was a comms major, but then after that, I was like, no, public health. Um, and that's when I chose to change my major to that. Well, So your friends obviously are around you, with you, in some capacity during all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, I, my roommate in college when we were sophomores had a really significant like health incident as well. And I just remember wanting to like be there for her and support her, but it being so tricky. And so I would love mm-hmm. to hear a little bit more about how 
Liberty or your friends at Liberty, like their role in your recovery. Yeah. Um, it's, it sounds like you had to spend a lot of time alone, which is so mm-hmm. sad. But how yeah. did you navigate, you know, kind of those relationships? Um, so, so Liberty, it's a Christian university. So um, luckily I had a lot of people that like believed, I guess, like in the power of prayer and kind of just being there for me in that sense. Um, so, I mean, I'm definitely like, it's been years Mm -hmm. since, since I was 19, but you know, I'm still really good friends with everyone during like that Mm -hmm. time period of my life. Um, I would have people like send books to me, Mm -hmm. care packages, like cards. Um, cause Mm -hmm. my parents were very strict about like not letting anyone in my house since I wasn't really allowed to be around people. Um, but I definitely felt the love and felt the encouragement from them even if it was like a text message I don't really have much energy to like be on my phone or to be um on social media or anything like that um but I definitely felt like the love from them like I got several I never went like I love reading um so I got it like encouraging books or they would send encouraging bible verses um just like different things. And it was really nice just knowing that even though they couldn't physically like be there, I felt the the support mm. from them. Um, so it was definitely great to have like that, to know that. And not even just my friends from movie, like my friends from home as well. Um, they were great, very, um, they would always offer to come over um, and just to like sit in the living room and like talk to my mom and stuff like mm. that. So it was just really nice to know that I had that support from people. So even though I guess like, yes, physically I was alone. Um, I knew that I was surrounded by people that actually cared. So that was amazing to have. Sure. So that's, yeah, I feel like community in general, like has such a role in our health, just even when we're not walking through like a major health crisis, I feel like community can really like either aid or like really detract from, our health journey. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting, really interesting to hear that. But so I want to talk about just you moving to just kind of like, you're, you're obviously a young, beautiful woman. And just, this is so, what, it, what incredible, like crazy news to hear as just a young female, like trying to go to college, trying to get a degree, trying right. to like, just do her life, getting this, this crazy diagnosis. So can you tell us a little bit just about like how you feel like this event, maybe shaped or is shaping sort of your your young adulthood and like if it's made you sort of think differently about your future think differently about just being a a young woman like in in the world um yeah yeah um it definitely I would say it continues to shape me um when everything first happened and when I finished I don't I'm not gonna say I was like in denial about it but I kind of just wanted to get over it and just kind of forget that it happened I was very much like this was a dark period of my life. Like God brought me through it, but like, that's it. Like, I didn't want to think about mm-hmm. it. I didn't want to dwell on it. Yeah. Um, like I was supposed to have taken like an extra year off from school, but I was like, no, I will literally go crazy if I have to stay in this house, like send me back. Like I, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I just didn't want to be in, in this environment. I didn't want to be home. I wanted to be away. I wanted to kind of like act like nothing happened, um, which wasn't, the best I think at the time it's what I needed but looking back I wish I would have um just I don't know like taken more time to kind of like mentally allow myself to heal 
Um, and even physically, like I honestly should have stayed home for like another year. Like I definitely should not have gone back, but, um, I just felt, like I said, I just wanted to kind of forget that it happened. Um, but now that I've gotten older, I can see that, um, it's, it's a part of my journey. It's a part of my life. It's a part of who I am. Like, I just didn't want to be like the, like, I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me, I guess, in Mm a sense. I was like, I don't want to be like the cancer girl. Like there's so much more to me than just that, um, is what I felt like. But then, um, like I said, now that I'm older, I'm like, well, I mean, it's that, that did happen to me, you know, like I did have it. Um, I was able to beat it. Not a lot of people can say that. Um, like I'm in remission. I'm healthier now um and even though at the time I didn't really understand why it happened I kind of feel like it doesn't necessarily matter why it happened it's just I'm here now um so I definitely try whenever because I do know a couple people that have had like just friends or friends of friends that have been diagnosed with cancer um so I feel like I I try to reach out just to kind of say hey I'm here if you have any questions if you want to talk to someone Um, and I think that that definitely helps because I know I had a lot of questions and I didn't necessarily have anyone to talk to, or I didn't know, like, who am I going to ask? I don't know anyone that's been sick. Um, and not anyone that's young. Cause I feel like in my mind, I always like cancer, like it's some, like old people get that. There's no way, you know, anyone can get that like 19 or when I got it. Um, so I think it definitely helped me just be more one empathetic towards others and just not mm. be so like, not just think about myself in the situation. Cause at first right. I just didn't want to talk about it, but it's like, if me talking about it can help someone, then I should, you know? Right. Um, Cause I'm able to be where I am now and I was able to move forward and there is a life after cancer and you don't have to dwell mm-hmm. on it. But if you're able to be in a position where you can, even if it's just comforting someone by saying, Hey, like I can hear you vent about what your day in treatment was like, or if you mm-hmm. have any questions, I can be completely honest and transparent right. with you. Or if you feel like, you know, your friends don't get what you're going through, um, which definitely is something that happens. Like, people can empathize, but unless you're actually going through it, it's like, oh, you feel bad, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what it feels. So if I can be that for someone, um, mm-hmm. then I feel like it wasn't, I mean, well, nothing that I feel like God does is a waste, but like, it wasn't just like a waste. It's like, I can take this and turn it into something right. good and right. try and help yeah. other people. So I think it definitely has helped mm-hmm. me in that sense where I'm able to just mm-hmm. kind of grow as a person and try to be there for other people. Wow. And not to... And this is kind of in line with what you were saying earlier, Um, but you now work in the public school system in D.C., so that is super cool. Um, Lauren and I both lived in D.C. for a little bit. That's actually how we met. Yeah. Um, So in addition to your role as administrative assistant in school, you also work as the administrator of medication um, for the health center, which that's a lot to keep up with. Oh, my goodness. I cannot imagine. (laughs) have to be very detail-oriented. I would be terrible at that. Um, And then also as the homeless student liaison. So can you tell us a little bit about how obviously your personal health journey has informed how you serve others today through the school system? Definitely. Um, So I've been virtual for like for this school year, um, but especially when I was at my last school. So pretty much being the administrator of medication is kind of like if the nurse calls out or something or she's not able to be there, I'm 
pretty much kind of act as that. Um, we go through a training with the Department of Health in DC and all of that stuff to make sure that, you know, we're able to do it. Um, and it's something that you have to get recertified every mm. three years. So, um, yeah, I felt like, you know, my degree was in public health, but I wasn't going into a public health position. So I was like, okay, how can I kind of use my degree to a certain extent or still feel like I'm doing what I feel like I'm called to do in health while being in this position? Um, mm. So that's kind of what what pushed me when I found out that that's something that you could do. They were like, hey, we need staff members to do this. And I was like, mm. I'll do it like that. That definitely mm. falls into in my alley. Um, and it's just it's cool because I was able to meet um, a few students. Mm. I used to work at a middle school. Um, a few students that kind of had like chronic uh, illnesses and they felt kind of just, I mean, they're, they're middle school. So they were like 13, 12 year olds um, that just felt different or didn't want to come and like get their medication because like it wasn't cool. And it's like, no, <laughs> you, you need this, you know? Um, so being able to kind of share my story and say like, Hey, like, you know, I also got sick when I was young too, like I was in college and like, it sucked. And I had to like, I just, you know, kind of spoke, um, in a way that they would understand me. They're like, what miss? I would never be able to tell. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I can't tell with <laughs> you either, but it doesn't mean yeah. that, you know, like you're not different because okay. you're diagnosed with something or cause you have mm -hmm. to take medicine, um, so it was nice because it definitely helped a lot of the students just want to like, okay, well, maybe like I won't skip my medicine today and I'll actually come and take because like it's not that bad. And I'm like, yeah, you need it. So please come. Um, so it was cool just to kind of be able to use my story to kind of encourage kids to to just do what they're supposed to do. Um, That's such an encouraging way to look at it because, you know, if anyone would have and could have deserved a pity party during that time, it would have been you, you know? Um, yeah. So that's really cool that you were able to kind of, you know, have this really difficult situation happening, but then still looking at it from a way of like, how can I serve others? How can I love others? So that's really awesome. Um, so as you might know, we're in a series this month called Be Well. And so we're talking about physical health and Something that I'd really love to know is like, how did you maintain your mental and physical health during, during this time? Because so much is out of your control. You know, the doctors are telling you what to do. They're putting yeah. these foreign chemicals and um, things into your body. But did you have any like rituals or patterns or things you did to help you kind of maintain some sense of routine um, or things like that that comforted you? Um, yes. So I would say the main thing was it's funny that you mentioned like um like pity party just because there were some days where I, I was just in so much physical pain that I would just want to like cry mm. um but my dad was really like my like just cry all day but my dad was like my rock during that during that time period um mm. so we had this thing where I was only like I mean obviously I could have cried more if I wanted but I only allowed myself to cry like an app like I could cry I could scream I could yell but just like an hour no more than that like just let it all out. Don't focus on that. So I would kind of, and that helped a lot because I would just let it all out and then go back and um, really, honestly, gospel music. Cause like I usually mm -hmm. listen to like contemporary Christian, like Hillsong and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but for some reason when I was sick, I was like, no, I need something that's really just like, mm -hmm. just like a little bit more powerful. So I was definitely like Fred Hammond and Kirk Franklin, Tasha Cops, like all of that. Oh, yeah. um, so I kind of just had that just 
on a loop. Like that was my thing. Like, and there were certain healing verses. I had this book, um, that it would just have like healing Bible verses. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, I would just read them and just like proclaim that kind of over myself. Like, okay, like you're not mm-hmm. going to be sick. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I feel like what a lot of people don't realize is half the battle is honestly like mental because like you literally mm-hmm. are having, um, these cells just attack your body, just good and bad, like chemo, it just, it, it kills everything in your body. Um, like I lost my hair, like it was, it was a lot. Um, and that was way more emotional for me than I thought that it was going to be. So that in itself was just kind of like, and then I felt like almost guilty about that because I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like you literally can't stand, but you're crying more about like your hair than the fact that like, you know what I'm saying? That you don't have any energy. Um, so it was just a lot of just you have to train your mind to be positive because it's very easy to get depressed it's very easy Mm -hmm. to like question everything it's very easy to be mad um like you know like why me or why is this happening right now why Mm -hmm. did I have to be the one why does no one around me get it? Um, mm-hmm. Why am I this sick? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to die? Just all these questions mm-hmm. like can go on in your mind just out of loop. And if you don't like break that or kind of do mm-hmm. things to get out of that, it's very easy to stay stuck. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie and say every day I was like, this is great. I'm going to beat this. Like I definitely had like days that were darker than others. Um, but like I said, just kind of telling myself like, listen, you can only like, be in this dark space for like just an hour no more than that and then just kind of actively try and do things Mm -hmm. to get my mind out of it um and I was also tired a lot too because of the treatment so I slept a lot which I feel like helped a lot too because when I was awake it was painful but I mean yeah you just really have to one, surround yourself by people that are going to be positive. Um, You can't really have anyone that's going to pity you while you're pitying yourself because that Mm -hmm. just, that doesn't really help. Mm -hmm. Um, So tough love was definitely great, but just feeling, feeling supported and feeling hurt, which is what I feel like I had. Um, That if there were days where I was like, you know what, I'm going to cry for more than an hour and I'm going to yell and that's just that, then I was supported Mm -hmm. in that. Um, But if I was kind of focused, if there were like, I feel like you can tell when someone's kind of going like down mm-hmm. a hole. Um, so when I needed to kind of be lifted out of that, I was. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it's really just like your mind and it's crazy everything that like your mind can do and how um, easy it is to feel alone and how easy it is to feel like no one understands, but you know, you definitely have to actively just try to not be in that state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Talk about balm and Gilead, you know, <laughs> just praying yes. for him to yes. soothe your soul. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's wow. Amazing. That's really encouraging. Um, so you are on the road to recovery. You're recovering. You're learning. What have you learned about just like fighting and just like how to keep fighting for your health, how to keep fighting for yourself, how to be an advocate for for you and what you need uh, health-wise and like emotionally too because I'm sure I feel like I don't know that I've like personally experienced what you walked through but just I feel like I would struggle with like everyone kind of wanting to like just always like making sure I'm okay or just like mm-hmm. sort of maybe just like treating me fragile or just like constantly checking like how 
I guess these are two different questions, but how, <laughs> how did yeah. you navigate sort of that and slash how do you navigate that? Um, and then, yeah, how have you learned to, to fight? Yeah. Um, so I'll start with the fighting one. Um, I love that you use the word like advocate for yourself. I think that is something that a lot of people don't realize um, that like we have rights. Like when you go to the doctor's office, like you don't have to take you know, what they say. Um, it's very, very, very important to advocate for yourself. Like if your body's telling you something, trust it. Um, Cause if it was up to the doctors, I would have still had that tumor in the side of my neck. If it wasn't for the fact that I was like, no, um, like me and my dad saying like, no, like this needs to be removed. I would have been antibiotics for a couple more months yeah. and who knows how farther along the cancer could have gone. Right. Um, so I feel like it's really, really important to listen to your body. You know, your body, you know how you feel. Mm -hmm. And if something's wrong, um, obviously, you know, doctors aren't professionals and you respect them as such. But if, they're telling you one thing and your body's telling you the complete opposite say yeah. that um at the end of the day you know healthcare is not free in this country you're paying them so just right. it's it's very important to not just take you know what they say if it feels like it's not right um right. Yeah. so that's one thing if it had not been for that experience I probably um I feel like I tend to be a little bit more soft-spoken so usually I'm just like okay yeah like that makes sense mm -hmm. um but it taught me like that's not the case so since then I mean I've had other health things and I'm I'm very vocal and I'm very like no we're gonna do it like I'll do every test if I feel like I need to have every test done um and it's just things that you have to do for yourself because like I said at the end of the day like we know our bodies we know if yeah. something is off um mm -hmm. You know, they can offer advice, but that's pretty much it. So I definitely would just recommend for everyone just like fight for your rights for for yourself, because um, that's really important. And I think that that has kind of just fallen into other aspects of my life as well. Um, like I said, I tend to be a little bit more soft spoken, like I was the type like you could get my food order wrong and I'm just going to. OK, like I'm not sending it back type thing. Um but I think it just helps you to just kind of um, just fight for yourself and just speak up for yourself. Um, and like I mentioned earlier about like healthcare in general, I feel like in this country, it's it's easy to just get put on the back burner if you don't have good insurance, for example, mm -hmm. or if you're not able to um, mm -hmm. to like be on your parents. Because I think we get off when we're like 24 or 26. So mm -hmm. unless you get a job like right after college, I feel like people our age are kind of just stuck in limbo. Um, right. So I think it's just important to regardless if you're on Medicare, Medicaid, whatever the case may be, just just advocate for yourself. I love that. I love that you're using you're using every part of it. That's so cool. Um, well, you know, I think that this was really awesome, and we're just really grateful that you're for your vulnerability and just sharing something that was really you know hard. You're 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 through it, and you are still standing. But I know you know it's not always easy to enter back in and, and to talk from a place of just that experience. So we honor you and we thank you for just being willing to do that. Um, just want to to wrap up. Like, do you have anything else that you would you would want to share with our listeners, um, particularly maybe for anyone who uh, might know someone who just, you know, who's in a, in a particularly hard diagnosis or maybe who uh, is walking through it themselves or just like has received some bad news as of late, just something you would say uh, maybe to, to them. 
Yeah. Um, so if you're, I feel like a friend of someone that's going through something, whether it be a, you know, scary health situation or waiting for news, just, just be there, just listen. Um, sometimes that's all you need, you know, no one is expecting for the other person to say the right thing or the perfect thing. Um, but just kind of just lend your ear, just be there for them. I know that was something that was super helpful mm-hmm. for me. Um, I never expected anyone to have the the right answers, especially that they weren't going through it themselves. So just listen, just offer to be there. Like, hey, what do you need me to do? And I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going through it yourself, you don't have to do it alone. You really don't. Um, even if uh, you, let's say you don't have family or friends to support you. There's so many programs out there and there's so many um, places where you can go to and and ask people for help. Um, I definitely think when you're sick, like it takes a village of people to support you and to be there for you. I don't know where I would be without support of like my friends and my family, um, my church, just all that support really helped me get through it. So just, um, you know, be vulnerable. Don't feel like, you know, you're a burden on anyone because you're not. So if you need help, you know, be open and ask for it. Mm. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, it's very you. easygoing conversation. I appreciate yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining so us. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Vanessa. It's so great. Of course. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. To all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our gathered news on our Instagram at Girls Who Gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also, remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There is always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. You are so loved. Until next time, bye Gather Girls!